Welcome to Behind the Goggles podcast. In this episode, I talk beachside with Paul Gilday. Paul is a professional musician, music manager and producer. He was inducted into the ARIA Hall of Fame as a member of Ice House in 2006. But Paul also loves swimming and is a much-loved member of the Seagulls Swimming Group in Elwood. I hope you enjoy my chat with this multi-talented man. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Behind the Goggles podcast. My guest today is Paul Gilday. I have met Paul through my swimming with the Seagulls Swimming Group in Elwood. And he's very kindly said that he would come and have a chat today. Thanks for having me, Jane. Nice to see you. You did not bring the sunshine. What, no. what's, what's the deal here? I don't know. It's, uh, it's there. It's just behind the clouds. And we're kind of in a bit of a, a prison today in as much as we're sitting by a beautiful calm bay, but it's in, brown. in the efforts of being health and safety conscious, we've chosen not to swim so that we won't get E. coli poisoning. Correct. Yeah, so it's been bad weather, bad bay health. So here we are in a favourite spot. We are. But we are not, at most mornings, right? Yeah. But we're not, we're, not, we're not going in the water, which is strange. So let's chat. I think we should. Okay. I think we should. Came across you or met you, introduced you with the swimmers, the, the women who swim. Yep. A man. A man that joined the, the ranks. I know. <laughs> See, girls, there was one other male. There was, Graham. Graham. Preceded then, me. Yeah, and then you I, actually, what? How did you end up swimming? Well, with the I, group? I, I approached Graham as he came up from the beach and said, "Do you swim in a group here?" And he said, "Well, I swim in a group which is predominantly female." Mm. What he should have said is completely female. <laughs> and he kind of by default introduced me to Angela, who's mm-hmm. a, who I who I believe you've interviewed before on yes. this podcast. And um, I said, "Do you guys mind me joining you once or twice?" So um, I did. That became more regular. Um, as soon as they worked out that I was only just creepy, not really creepy, they <laughs> asked me back creepy. a few times. So um, ever since then, which I think is about nine months now, ten months now, it's pretty much been five days a week yeah. for me. And, um, and I love it. I, you know, I did not expect to be at this age swimming with a group of predominantly, well, mainly women um, mm. of all ages from sort of 30 to 60, whatever. Uh, um, I didn't expect they to be my gang but I've loved that, them being my gang it's been really good and the community's fantastic um, and just yeah, just just getting I mean the exercise is great and they got me through the winter and that was one of my, my deals is like right. I want to swim through the winter yeah. and I'd never done that I'd always swum in the bay but I'd never I'd never swum through the winter so uh, and I wouldn't have if other people weren't doing it no so, no. so that's how it started and yeah. Yeah. well it's a nice organic group as well isn't it it just there's no you know fill in a form meet at this time mm. and you know can you swim 100 meters there's no regulations per se and if you can swim you can swim if you can't swim don't swim you know, yeah and we have everyone from dippers to i like to swim sort of distance but um we have everyone from sort of people who just want to dip for 10 minutes or 15 minutes to people who want to swim for up to an hour which is mm. what i like to do but it's um it's yeah it's different but but everybody's kind of you know the great equalizer is the water mm-hmm. it's kind of like you'll speak to anybody whilst you're out at, out at the water and yesterday for example oh, sorry saturday for example i was swimming down at, at Huffman bay and and i lost the person i was swimming with it was very rough oh, wow. and bumped into another guy and um who i didn't know obviously and um he 
And I just said, should we swim onto such and such and back together? And so we did. And so we next spent the next half an hour swimming together. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. and then he just went his way. I went my way. And it was like, but we'd been chatting. I know he's from Northcote. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's a member of Black Rock. I know, blah, blah, blah. I know several things about him. Yeah. He knows I talk too much. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was the end of the story. I know I used to always be intrigued how swimming disarmed people in a way. Um, at the pool, you could be just having a, a regular conversation about all sorts of things, and you're both standing there near naked, yeah. <laughs> inherently in your bathers. But it's it is somehow people drop their guard. Yeah, yeah. They drop their guard, yeah. and they're more open to revealing things, or even just being friendly. Do you think that's even more so at the beach than it is at the pool? Um, kind of everyone's a bit more chilled. People go to the pool to do their laps, yeah, which is yeah. kind of a thing, or they're there with the kids. Yeah, um, they're there with the kids. Me here with the kids as well. But there's something about sitting here and, and just how peaceful it is, mm. and the ocean is the one thing that everyone has in common. Yeah, of being here. And um, I don't know. I think it's another level of chill. Yeah, you know, it that's is, how it I is find it. Very relaxing. Yeah, the water absorbs that sound or something instead of bouncing it off. I don't know what. Some freaky psycho, you know, yeah. psychic thing happens, Jane. <laughs> Do you know not <clears throat> know the acoustic technology of so it? Not, no, I'm not. I'm not very good at physics or anything related <laughs> to it. So. But you do teach, I believe. I do. I teach, but I teach music business. So I've been a musician for a long time mm-hmm. and been in the music industry for a long time. And um, uh, part of it was I, I got into management. I've been living in America. I came back. I, I got into management. I was living in America playing a band, and I came back in um, the early 2000s. Um, and there's a band that had broken in Australia that I really loved and just by default I happened to know the guys who, who sort of semi-produced and recorded at his studio who said to me they're looking for management and um, the last thing I ever wanted to be was a manager um, particularly as a musician they were kind of like the lawyers and the real estate agents I'm sorry lawyers and real estate agents but you know <laughs> they were deemed to be that however I was in love with, I really loved them went and met them <clears throat> did a six month kind of apprenticeship that already had a number one record here. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, and then ended up managing for the next five years. And in fact, just six months ago, I sang backing vocals on one of their singles. So, oh, yeah, the relationship goes on 20 yeah. years later, So, which is great. And that's the best part of it. You know, we, we had success and travelled overseas and did stuff like that. And, mm. and they had another number one album. But, um, uh, yeah, the best part for me is that we still have a friendship, you know. Yeah. And in fact, in fact, one of the guys are very close friendship with, so, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, it's good. And you can take those skills and help other people. I then out. went, yeah, look, I then, I then managed a guy who was signed to Sony and I was completely underwhelmed by the marketing that Sony had for this particular kid. And, and he's right. 20. He'd come from Frankston. He could play so many things. He was an incredible singer, still is an incredible singer. Mm. He's singing with lots of people now. Mm. Um, and, and he's a really good producer now too. Um, and I uh, got him signed at 20 or 19. They sent him to Los Angeles, recorded with a guy called Matt Wallace, who'd done Faith No More, um, Songs for Jane from Maroon 5, a whole bunch of big records. Mm-hmm. So we spent about two months over there, and a lot of money, Sony's money, came back to no marketing plan. Oh. And I was completely distraught and underwhelmed because I thought, okay, I can now plug this material, which has been professionally done, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and all the tears and uh, yeah, are yeah. gone, we've, we've made the record. Yeah. Um, and nothing. It was also at the time, though, that record companies, particularly majors, were struggling with the impact of Napster and the fact that they weren't making money. Oh, so they were dropping people. Yeah. They were dropping people, and, and um, which in, in the end they ended up 
I, I, I just went and said, drop him. I want him to go. Let him go. You're not putting out the record. They didn't put out the album. Wow. So, so as a result, I went, I need to study marketing. So oh, I had right. an undergr- undergraduate degree in management. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine was running a, 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 one of those music business kind of schools. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. And, and he Colin said to me, yeah, ones. yeah. So, which is, I still teach. In, uh, I still lecture now. But, um, and he said, why don't you come here? And teach management. And I said, well, okay. But he said, read these books. Come back to me in three months. And I did. And he said, you've been part of management plans both as a manager and as a musician for, for, for yeah. albums that you've been involved in the release of. And it would be great to have your input. So I started doing that half day a week for the 12 weeks of each semester. Mm. <clears throat> as a way, And just kept reading and reading and reading and found that I, was, I really loved it. And I really loved working with the students. I loved it. And um, so now, 15 years on, I've been doing it for 15 years. So, and including up to getting to part-time, I'm back to uh, getting to full-time and uh, managing a degree. But I'm back. So I went and did my master's right. late in life. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I went and did my so master's. so work. Yeah, yeah. Don't wow. Do yeah, I know. It was a freak out. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. That's, no, it's five years ago. Huge. I was the oldest student in the room by a long way. That's but um, So, um, so that, that I could become... Did, how long did you take that? Uh, I, well, I did get some... Um, no assistance. I did get some allowance for work oh, that yes, I'd done. previous yeah, experience. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, uh, but it took two years. Two, just yeah. Best part of two years. Yeah. 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 So it's not quite a doctorate, and I'm not ready for that. But it's, Still, it was that's a master's. very impressive, Paul. Thank you very much. Very a lot of people have them, though. But they're not. You Dime know. a dozen. Those well, bloody old masters. You know, music in in the in the world of music, as in music itself, not music business. Mm-hmm. There's a number of people with masters and doctorates. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they state they want to study music. In the world right. of music business, right. which was always tended to be your cousin or the or one of the, the roadies became your manager or somebody you know what i mean it yeah. it's now a lot more yeah it's now a lot more professional and hence why i was underwhelmed with the marketing you know plan that i yeah. shouldn't mention that name sony but i've said it three times had but but it wasn't just me it was a number of number of other majors that george were doing michael has paved the way it's yeah fine. yeah it's i know fine. yeah he broke the news before me so that's how i got into teaching and that's how i kind of shifted from playing which I'd yeah. only put to that point dependent on playing. Yeah, yeah yeah it was my life touring was my life and I'd be and and it was a great time to tour I, I toured through the 80s and the 90s and up until sort of 2000 mm. so it's sort of almost 30 years of being on the road all the time yeah a lot of the time and um it kind of yeah it gave me the next thing first management and then management and teaching but in the midst of all of that I bought a post-production studio as well and oh, started wow. working in making commercials. Started to completely take over my life. I ended right. up with five employees and oh, three engineers, and yeah. And um, but then it it's too. Yeah, well, no, there was a lot. There was a lot of work. It wasn't yeah. me just when being When was this? What? Yeah. This started in two thousand and five. Okay. Where? Yeah. And um, we'd. I'd had my third child. I hadn't, but my wife had. So um, we <laughs> decided that. I needed one of us needed a job, mm. so ran that for nine years. Wow! Until it too went the way of lots of other studios. In that, 
people decided that they could do it from their homes or lots of businesses went that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, or people started moving their studios into their homes. And the technology became more portable and smaller Correct. and Correct. more affordable, yeah. You got a good Mac, a good microphone, yeah. um, a good set of pre's which go into the microphone and compressors and other bits and pieces of effects, a lot of which is free. I mean, you're talking... I know you recently went to see Billie Eilish and you're talking about somebody who recorded an album that won six Grammys on, on a $199 US piece of software. I mean, I'm sure they had lots of other things. That doesn't include the microphones. It doesn't include the talent. It doesn't include yeah. the ability to sing the way she does no. and, and her brother's capacity to produce the way he does. But still, it's a $199 piece of software um, at their home and in their touring Bedroom. Band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so that's Garage Band yeah, 101, is Yeah. <laughs> so that's changed the way that bands and, and musicians approach record companies because and that's become increasingly difficult because the world is now populated by people who are, everybody thinks that they can make a record and put it out. And no one's to buy anything because of Spotify. Yes, correct. So it's changed the dynamic Tricky. back to life. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. one of the the bands that yeah. vinyl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the band which I first started playing with back in the way back in the 80s or the first real band that I started playing with which belonged to somebody else that I wasn't a member of I guess it was my first professional job where mm. I went for an audition got the gig I'd been to lots of auditions and not got the gig but and I got this one and they'd just come back from being in America and, and considerable success a couple of top five singles in America and um, so that was sort of late 80s early 90s um, and as a result the band is? The band is Ice House. Um, and <laughs> Don't as, leave everybody yeah, hanging. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and as a result, the band's back on the road again and has been for some time. So um, not, not a lot. No, you know, we, don't, we probably do 25 shows a year, but they're big shows. They're great yeah, shows. Yeah. So I'm so lucky. But I didn't write the song. So the strength of all of that, and I guess the resurgence of these heritage bands that we've yes. seen, like Midnight Oil's tour, Crowded House's tour, um, Paul Kelly, although he's never stopped recording, either it's Credit House, really, or Midnight Oil, but, um, and a whole bunch of others. So we tour with Daryl Braithwaite, Jim, we tour with James Rain, who I also played with for five years, and um, Daryl Braithwaite, who also played with for two years, and we tour with all of these bands that, are, that were big in the 80s and had massive success commercially in the 80s, yeah. but are still on the strength of their repertoire. Yeah. In Ivor's case, he wrote all those songs, yeah. you know, um, or else we wouldn't be playing. Um, I have him to thank for that and the 33 years that I've been in the band. Thank you, Mr. Davies. <laughs> thank you. All right. <laughs> so we, we're, we're seeing you're a man of many talents here, Paul. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you born in Melbourne? Yeah. Did you grew up in Melbourne? Yeah, absolutely. And when you, we might just take it back to swimming a little bit. Yep. Um, when you are a kid, you obviously yep. had swimming lessons. Correct. Like every other child. Yeah, yeah, Melbourne. yeah. At the, at the, at the city bars. Yes. Oh, in the city. Yeah, yeah. Gus Frolic no was my teacher. No way. Gus Frolic was my swimming teacher in the city bars. Wow. Mm. At the city bars. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, did you live around Carlton or something? We like lived that? in Brunswick. Or we lived in Moreland, basically, right, which is yeah. between Brunswick and Coburg. You could just jump on the so, tram. So, yeah. Uh, well, no, my no. dad had a keen interest in taking us there, and who didn't swim? My father never yeah. swam, and uh, and grew up in the Mallee. So, you know, it was about as far from the ocean. But we loved it. And then we started surfing and we started doing a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Uh, um, and my brother showed a lot of promise as a swimmer. So my dad decided that he was going to take him to squad. Oh, yeah. Which by, you know, and get a, a teacher. John Olson was his name, as mm -hmm. I recall. And um, that was at the old glass house or the Olympic yeah, swimming yeah. pool. Yeah, yeah. So I was dragged along to that 
half past five every morning and then no. on the tram train rather the red rattlers in the yes. afternoon so seven swimming sessions oh sorry six one two three four seven my maths here 11 swimming sessions a week wow. um and that was between the ages of about 10 to 14 13 so you went just on the tail coat of your brother yeah, but yeah. still did all the training <coughs> what well, yeah yeah he, he signed right. me up to train as well wow. yeah, yeah. And so did you compete in, like, amateur meetings and things like yeah, that? Yeah, I was a member yeah. of a couple of swimming clubs. Yeah. YMCA was sort of the sort of the main club that I was a member of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on the weekends we were off swimming in, you know, faraway places, you know, country meets and all that sort of stuff. Um, I made it to the Victorian... Um, you know, I was just an also-ran in the sort of the Victorian swimming comps, but um, I hated competing. I just right. didn't like... I was, I was terrified of competition. Right. Yeah. So I was never going to be Didn't any good. like the pressure. Didn't like the pressure. And also during that time, my, un- my great uncle um, was chairman of the board of Brashes. Brashes, the Brashes, old, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I, um, I, went, I really badly, all my life, since I'd been about five, had been building drum kits out of cardboard boxes that I'd get at the supermarket, <laughs> honestly, and putting the Beatles or the Rolling Stones yeah, and a piece yeah. of paper, writing it on the front, sitting there and bashing the crap out of them. And uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I was destined for a drum kit. Um, my mum said, no, you're not having a drum kit in the house, and that's fine. And, um, but my uncle helped me get an acoustic guitar when I was 12. Oh. And that was like, changed my life. Yeah, you like spent swimming, all my time. swimming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we still did swim, and then that went on even when we stopped training, and my brother didn't want to train anymore. That went on to... It's a we hard would, task yeah. for young yeah, people, I, I think, swimming. It really demands a lot. You know, even with rowing, you see, too, those early morning starts, it's not natural for no. a preteen or, you know, yeah, yeah. teenage pubescent child. No. in the old Holden that didn't have a heater, <laughs> driving, no, <laughs> sitting in between my dad and my brother, eating a toasted sandwich or whatever it was. Yeah. On That's why way. I do applaud those who come on to be, like, Olympic champions or yeah. what have you in those sports in particular because I mean no no sport at that level is easy no but I think getting out of a warm bed at 4am to go and swim it's like that's a big ask for a kid yeah and I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy the competition no the guitar became my thing then it's like okay in terms of swimming we never really stopped swimming we we we, it became more about surfing I love I love sort of skin diving and doing all yeah. of that stuff. So I'd come down to the bay and do that. Yeah. Didn't really lap swim as much until I was about twenty. Right. And then I got back into lap swimming. Okay. And um, I, I think baths? no, we were I, I'd shifted out when I was eighteen. So yeah. I was living in South Melbourne first, and then but uh, well, swam at the Brunswick bars. I swam for school, <laughs> and because. I was one of the few that had trained. Mm. I'd do the under, even at 12, I was doing the under 16s, just um, races and doing all that, just because I trained. And you so, had to be in every race. Yeah, because I. If you're a good yeah. swimmer, you're yeah. like, sorry, you're just in every single well, race. You know, so I could go in the 400 and the 800 and do all yeah, of that because nobody yeah, could make that distance, right. but I'd be swimming like 3K every morning. So yeah. um, it was, yeah. It still, it still was part of it. And what I knew that I was lucky to in? have that. I really did. I knew I was lucky to have that. Mm. And I loved it. Mm. I loved the solitude. I did start to, as I get older, enjoy the discipline yeah. of it a little bit more. I don't think I really recognised it as discipline. It was just like, I can get in here and swim back and forth for the next 60 laps yeah. or 40 laps or depending on what, yeah. 25 or 50 yeah. metre pool without stopping mm-hmm. and keep a consistent rate. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 years later, here I am doing the same thing. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, in the time that you've been swimming with our group, mm-hmm. I mean, you've just progressed further and further. I mean, physically, like we're, we're lo- looking at you from a distance now. Is that Paul out there? <laughs> Two kilometres ahead of everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think because initially, I don't know whether you wanted to stay with the group or you just kind of hadn't found your groove yet. Um, but then all of a sudden it's like, no, I can, I can go. You're like Forrest, well, the Forrest Gump of the Bay. Well, maybe. I, <laughs> and, but, the, but I'm not, I'm not the fastest. There's another woman no. who swims with you, who swims with you with, with us, who's, mm. who's um, an ex-national swimmer and she's a great swimmer. And um, so I love swimming with her. Um, I love swimming with people who push me. I, it's funny, I'm not competitive. So if I swim with somebody, I'm competitive with myself, I guess. Mm. If I swim with somebody who's, um, slightly slower than I am then I'm really happy to, to swim to the next pole come back to where they are and so they yeah. don't feel left on their own yeah. and particularly if it's rough I just like being in the water and I do know that I'm missing out on the community of being in the water if I go too far ahead and yeah. you know but then there's some days um, that I just want to, yesterday I swam I was the only person that was swimming at Half Moon Bay I was yeah. the only one in the water it's probably it's only a one. nice feeling though I've it was a re- those, yeah. it was just beautiful and I did one big lap of, I guess it was about 2K, and, yep. um, and I just came in and I just felt great, you know. I was waiting to be sick because of how brown the water was, but <laughs> I was, it was great. And then I noticed a few other I people. I washed the me. sludge off my body <laughs> yeah, right. and, and realised perhaps no, should not have done that. But now, and this is the discipline of it, I guess, Jane, is that I, I, I want to meet you guys down here and come for a swim. Yeah. I mean... I love swimming with you guys. I think that's pretty obvious. It's really good fun. I love the community of it. Yeah. Male, female, doesn't, I don't care. It's not, it doesn't really worry, worry me. You know, I have enough mates and mates time, particularly on the road, uh, mm. where there's 17 of us and only one, only one of those people is a, is a woman. <laughs> I have enough inverse, mates time yeah. to sort of, to make, to not really care about yeah. gender in this case. And, um, and yeah, and you guys, the stuff you talk about unbelievable <laughs> I, I, I know drunken men who wouldn't say the things that you <laughs> what are you talking about oh, we're yeah, classy yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, and then you, the fact that there's women in your group and seagulls that are, that are of all ages you know yes, as I said that's you right, know, yeah. you've got 28 year old women hanging out with 64 year old women and you've got 40-year-old women who are really close friends with 64. You've mm. got all of that, you know, that wouldn't have happened without the attraction of the water. Yeah, that's right. Um, and and almost, I mean, hate to give any credit to COVID, but, you know, <laughs> the fact that we were kind of forced into this situation with the public pools being closed right. and our in, enforced restrictions on our activities mm-hmm. that by default we were like kind of like well two people can exercise together and you're in a group and we kind of had that system down here and you're allowed outside and you're allowed to swim in the bay so it became what what you could do and now it's like what we desire to do so it's it's really but look it's funny it's there's laughs there's everyone's equal in the water as i said whether you're a dipper or Mm. or you want to go for you know want to go for distance it's everyone's kind of equal People help each other out. People look out for each other. It's just a really do. good vibe about it. Yeah. And I just love it. I just love yeah. the... It's half meditation. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people will find that meditative quality yeah. in the swimming, especially if you can not 
Some people might find a challenge to start with in the open water because yeah. in a pool you're not worrying about, you know, fish yeah. and other yeah. other rips or anything like that. Whereas once you become confident in the bay, it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. I think because I surfed for a lot during my sort of teens and into my 20s and still up until a few years ago, I just, I'm just no good anymore. But um, the kind of concept of what's underneath me doesn't has never really worried me. Right. So if I push out... Some days I feel, in some spots, it's a bit sharky around. <laughs> but, but, but it's really, it's really seldom, Jane. It's most yeah. of the time I don't care. You know, yeah. I, I just it's like, it's, it's, it's harder getting across the road to where your car is. It's more dangerous <laughs> than, than being out in the bay or, but you know. So. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, because you do tour or have, mostly have toured mm-hmm. a lot in the past. Did, is swimming something that you could take with you? Like, there's always a public pool or somewhere to swim when you'd go places. Good for the morning hangover. Or? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> when I first started playing with Ice House, Ivor had um, Ivor was into his um, what do you call those stand up? You know, like oh, his yeah, windsurfer. Windsurfer, mad windsurfer. Yeah. So um, um, on the on the roof underneath the roof of the semi trailer. There mm-hmm. was two windsurfers strapped and two longboards, two two oh, Malibus. Wow. So, um, okay. so wherever we went, mm-hmm. um, he and I would go. I wasn't a windsurfer; I was a surfer. So yeah. we would go out together, and he was looking for someone to go with. Wow! So he's windsurfed across Darwin Harbour, which is full of crocodiles. He's windsurfed everywhere, and he'd always be like ringing me up in the room and, and say, "You want to, you want to go out?" And it's like, "Got to find the truck Surf's driver." Go, yeah, we've got to find the truck driver. Where's the friggin' truck? We're parked in the middle of the Gold Coast or somewhere, <laughs> and. Uh, and off we'd go. So that was great. Yeah. And then um, then he went off the road for a while and I started playing with James Rain of Australian Crawl Fan. And guess what? James is an avid yeah, swimmer. Oh, and right. Massive I he was a swimmer. surfer because no, those boys seem to be Massive swimmer um, and, right. um, and very good and a very fit guy. And yeah. him and another guy called Brett Goldsmith yes. uh, from the Chantuzis, mm-hmm. who was the bass player at the time, um, also a mad swimmer. And he and I swim together still, but right. um, so we'd go off nearly every day, wherever we were. Be at you know the Adelaide Aquatic Centre. Um, my favourite pool was a pool in Townsville called, and it was a, and it was an old um, Anzac pool, and it's on the Strand in Townsville. So when you swim, you kind of the beach is just and the ocean is just out out from oh, where you are right. and it's usually quiet in the mornings okay. so yeah a bit like the the boy charles yeah when I, the two years that i lived in sydney when i first joined the band swam there yeah always walked to where there was a swimming pool the, the mm. beach wasn't close enough and, and you can't really swim in the bay there um no no not bit, unless you really like sharks no exactly <laughs> so yeah always going to a pool yeah. And yes, great cure for hangover. Yes. Um, and if you'd had a big night on a gig and you had another gig, it was like, okay. Rinse and repeat. Correct. Come back. <laughs> and then um, go and go and do the gig. And um, and he toured hard. There was... Yeah, James. Yeah, there's six <laughs> nights a week at pubs, big pubs, yeah, yeah. 100 people. Drinking gold oh. kind of stuff. Not, not a concert. Now, I know this is a health down. program, but there was two one-litre bottles of Jack Daniels and four dozen cans on the rider. And uh, most nights, by the time we'd finished, all the Jack was gone. Yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, it was tough on the body. <laughs> all younger. <laughs> I moved to America for two years to play with a little river band and mm-hmm. really it was just a big cover band for me. I'd never been in the band, but it was a great ba- gig. Um, and then it was the same thing. Harder to find public pools. 
Yes. But I'd be like, if I was in Boston, it's like, where is the YMCA? A Fifty-yard pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or twenty-five-yard pool. Where's yeah. the Where is the YMCA? Oh, it's a long way away. You have to catch a cab. It's like, well, I can risk a bus. Oh, you've got to go through this area, and it's a bit. It's like, how far is it? In the end, it would be like less than two miles away. <laughs> yes, um, the concept of so travel, yes. yeah, it was that. Or if we were on the coast. Um, Cherry Beach, and um, which is in South Carolina, we played there a lot. There's a house of blues there, and we oh, used to play right, there a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I always swam there. With little river band. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So that was six months of the year that we would spend in, in the United States. Wow. So, um, which is an amazing way to see the states, yeah. and amazing places that we went. But in the cities was hard, hard to find. I mean, the, the kind of public pool thing here that we have mm -hmm. is amazing. And now I've discovered the ocean and I never want to go back to a public pool. Yeah. Um, which is not true. I've swum at Paran for sort of on and off for 35 years and I still love going there. Yeah. But um, it's my zen. Now this is my zen. Right where we're sitting here at Elwood Beach. Mm -hmm. I just walk down here and chill. I know. Sometimes I wish this was a video podcast because it is very, very beautiful. I'm very pleased that you've joined the Seagulls and you are actually a sea pal, aren't you? I'm a sea pal, yeah. <laughs> sea pal. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time this morning and sharing a little bit about your swimming heritage. Fascinating. Thank you for having me, Jane. Thanks. And, uh, swim right. on. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Behind the Goggles. For more information, you can reference my website, behindthegogglespodcast.com. And please follow my Instagram for future updates.